welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we continue the conversation on uh, lots of topics uh, on the Catholic faith. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by the two experts on the Catholic faith. This is Josh Sullivan over here. Hello. Josh, we're going to talk about your favorite song <laughs> in a second. <laughs> yeah. And over here, we got Matt Van Milligan. Matt with a new haircut, looking great today. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Matt. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and uh, maybe you spiffed up a little just because of the topic of our <laughs> podcast today. Hey, you wanted to make a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite song by Olivia Newton-John? Let's get physical. Let's get physical. <laughs> or I think it's called physical. But physical. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's specifically in The Office when they are talking about <laughs> stuff in the TV show The Office. And Michael Scott comes in dancing with... Yeah, it was just fun. It's it funny. Was, uh, it was one of my favorite. a good scene. Yeah, right? it's a good scene. Well, you got it. So uh, we've done lots of episodes on the Catholic Buzz podcast. And this is the first time we're specifically, explicitly talking about sex. sex. Yeah. So let's talk about sex. We're doing it, uh, and uh, we're actually going to talk about sex for a, a few episodes. So unless we get interrupted by some major breaking news or things, we're, we're planning on doing a series, right? So we're going to yeah. talk about uh, the beauty of sex, sort of mm-hmm. where, then then we're going to talk about where the, the downfalls of sex, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to talk about natural family planning in another episode, yeah. and then we're going to talk about pornography and masturbation. Mm-hmm. So that is all uh, some exciting topics, I guess, to, to look forward to. Hot button top. Yeah, it's no. like uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's like a sex month on yeah. the Catholic yeah. Buzz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's uh, go right into it. So today we're talking about the beauty of sex because you know I would say a lot of people at first would say that the Catholic Church is uh, you know boorish or prude, prude yeah. on sex and. And uh, the Catholics uh, don't like sex, or the Catholic Church is against sex. So let's try and clear that up today on our first episode when we're talking about uh, sex, okay? So we're going to talk about God's plan uh, for uh, sex and God's beauty. I think I think it's one of those things. I mean, we talk about how Catholics are the one, like our prude and everything else mm. when it comes to sex. However, when you say, like, I, I come from nine children, like I'm the oldest of nine kids, and I have eight siblings. And uh, they always go, well, you must be Catholic. Like that, you know, like, so, so there's this yes. kind of conflicting yeah. idea of like, well, you know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the difference between like, oh, you're not against sex because you had nine kids, right. you know, but, yeah. but at the same time, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a paradox. That's, it's a paradox. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. The, yeah. Maybe the, just more on social issues or uh, in, in, in society, I guess the Catholics are viewed as being anti yeah, or, or that's that's the the misconception that people sometimes want to hold up, or that uh, that's leveled against the church. That it's like, okay, well, sex is off limits, or just like there's no, okay, um, uh, that it's 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 part of life, but you don't talk about it, and you know, you imagine somebody's like somebody crossing their arms, looking over your shoulder, and, and saying like, no, no, we we, do, we we don't talk about it. But like um, in in the history of the church, and like uh, you know, actual formal church teaching documents that are released, no, the church has a very you know, well-established, clearly laid out view of sexuality. And it's not this kind of prudish, repressive right. thing that, you know, it's bad. Don't talk about it. Whatever. It's like, that's right. it's important. It's necessary. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's um, even within the sacraments, like within the sacrament of marriage. Yeah. You know, it's necessary to complete that sacrament, sacrament. for, you know, to <laughs> perform the conjugal act or right. Right, to, to have right. sex. So. It was at uh, Pope John Paul, we, we were talking about before the show, but Pope John Paul pretty much preached about sex. <laughs> 
for the first four or five years. Right. I mean, of being a pope, I mean, like every week he he did something for theology of the body, right? Yeah. And so yeah, so we're gonna look at some uh, church documents uh, that uh, talk about sex, right? So the, the theology of the body of John Paul II is yeah. is one of them, right? So yeah, so what he did was he used his Wednesday general audiences to talk about a different topic, right? And then at the for four years or five for years, years, yeah, yeah, yeah five years, and I they think, published them all into what's known as the theology of the body. Then, of course, uh, there is uh, the document from uh, Pope Paul, Pope Paul VI. Uh, humane vitae, which yeah. is uh, people really like and <laughs> some people really hate, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the catechism, uh, yeah. what the catechism says about uh, sex. So let's let's go right f- for it. You know, um, let's look at, you know, we were talking uh, about that uh, parents, husbands and wives, they share in God's creative role in the mm-hmm. world, right? They bring life into the world. I think we talked about that on, uh, yeah. on the episode about uh, yeah, for sure. uh, abortion and things like that, right? So let's, let's uh, what, where do we go from there? Yeah, that, uh, there's, that there's kind of implicit in the vocation of marriage is kind of the, the expectation of being fruitful, being, being creative in, in, you know, um, through, through the sexual act. Um, and again, there are there are um, situations there are like some people can't some yeah. people like um, and we, we touched on that a little bit in our um, discussion about pets and, and adoption yes. and, yeah. and things yeah. like that. Um, but there's you know, it's, it's kind of built into the vocation of marriage that, you know, it's it's fruitful and that it's creative. Um, um, man, I lost yeah. my train. No, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I think we have to. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, like I completely went on loop there. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We'll pick back up in. Yeah. Uh, oh, do you want to do a clap in or something like that no, so we know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you want? Do you want to just pick back up? Yeah. So now. Yeah. Is there, yeah. Okay. Um. So when we do marriage prep, um, one of the uh, stories that my wife actually tells. Um, she uh, talks about uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux, her parents, uh, Saints Louis and Zeli, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, who were one of the first couples to be canonized together? That's right. Time. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so when they first got married, um, both of them had felt they had um, a call to be religious, but they felt called to be married to each other. So they decided collectively that they would live monastically within their marriage. So they would, you know, try and emulate uh, Mary and Joseph's. That they would live chastely and celibately within marriage. Um, but wow. uh, at a certain point, you know, that their priest found out about this and, you know, kind of sat <laughs> them down and said, you Get know, heck. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it's like, not only is it necessary for, you know, your marriage to be sacramentally valid, and it's like, no, this is, and this is part of the vocation. Um, and so, you know, they, <laughs> they followed the <laughs> instruction of their priest and, you know, they had how many kids? They had don't know quite a yeah. few uh not but the, you know and and you know their first child they brought for baptism yeah. um and uh th- like to to the same priest and they said you know that this is our first time here this is yeah. the first time bringing a child to and like it will not be our last um, yeah <laughs> and th- these are the parents of you know saint trace who's a doctor of the church and it was yeah. like so that's that's the beginning but like it's it's an illustration of you know that's that you have this idea that you know, you know that, that um, sexuality is is but but like no it's necessary for creation it's necessary for you know marriages to be fruitful in that way right yeah I think it's one of the things I, that we talk about is is that 
the the church loves everything that is necessary and important in the world, especially when I think like when I, I, whenever I talk about the um, the topic of sex, I always talk about <laughs> food. Believe it or not, uh, but but it's <laughs> specifically because people can relate to the food and 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 without getting emotionally attached or 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 um, their own opinions or passionate about the sex topic. Talk about food, we can say, listen, food is necessary for us to. Um, live. It nourishes our bodies. It's a necessary thing in our world so that we have to eat on a regular basis somewhat so that we can actually survive. However, if you take eating food out of context and so you start eating past a point of nourishment, then you get into the sin of gluttony. You, st- you, you, start, you start eating and then throwing up. Then you're getting it like you're not using food for the way it was intended. And so like the awesome gift that... <laughs> a feast is for us or food is for us. And so we can kind of take that same idea and bring it now to sex. There's an awesome and purpose for sex. And when we use it in the proper way and we use it in that, that the way that the church kind of defines for us, because it has 2,000 years plus experience, it can say, okay, this is where it is. And, and there have been rules maybe that are a little bit lax at times, and then they slowly kind of go, okay, no, no, this is how we got to do it. We got to kind of make it a little more, more uh, particular because this is not quite working out, you know? So they have those that years of experience that see, sees how it is. Like, for instance, having sex in the, in the confines of marriage. Well, that makes sense if we're talking about the different purposes of sex, like unity and procreation. Yeah, yeah and the Catechism of the Catholic Church actually says that sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of yeah. uh, man and woman, you yeah. know? And I think there's some, there's some beauty in that, right? Uh, here's here's what uh, the Catholic Church or the Catholic Catechism uh, says on that. Okay, in marriage, the physical intimacy of the spouses becomes a sign and pledge of spiritual communion. <laughs> marriage bonds between baptized persons are sanctified by the sacrament. That's Catechism twenty three sixty. Uh, for those who like to uh, <laughs> follow at home with those. And uh, it says this, that the acts in marriage by which the intimate and chaste union of the spouses takes place are noble and honorable. Mm-hmm. That's what the church says about sex. It's noble <laughs> oh, and honorable. And honorable. It doesn't sound very prude to me. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> in fact, you're dishonoring if you're not doing it. It's yes. basically what it's saying. That's right. But there's a proper place for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. There's a proper place for it, and I think that's what uh, people are are um, you know sour, I guess, at what the church says. But there's a beauty there. Like Matt, you were saying, you know, in order to uh, to to continue on with the sacrament, there, you know, you have to consummate the the, the marriage. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the wedding, in in the marriage uh, sacrament, uh, there's a question about accepting children lovingly from God. Like that is one of the uh, consents that. Uh, husband and wife, or the Make, the spouse, or the yeah. groom and the bride, uh, have to say during their wedding. It's it's kind of cool. One of the other things that I was told too was there's only that God comes down on a daily basis. Heaven opens up on earth on a daily basis, um, in two different ways on on the earth, and one of that is through transubstantiation and a mass and the Eucharist and everything else, as classics we believe. And the other time is to plant, like another miracle that happens every single day is to plant a soul into the little conceived baby. You know, like like the moment of conception, boom, a soul is planted in there. So God is like God is present, and and a miracle is happening there at that time. So it's a wonderful, awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. and and it, more than that, like it's uh, it's it's um, a feature of our vocation. 
Yeah. That it's like our ability to participate, to be, you know, co-laborers in God's creation. Yeah. That, you know, those two examples are are, are pretty great because the Eucharist, that's, you know, the opportunity for the priestly vocation to participate or be the the means the effective means of that miracle um and within within the context of marriage it's the it's the married couple that's able to facilitate that do you remember the time that we we talked about uh, on an episode about saint paul's words about uh, husbands and wives and everyone gets mad at saint paul yeah yeah yeah, okay yeah like husbands love your wives and wives be subject to your husbands it's the wording there that people get but but Saint Paul, I guess not to drag off that old uh, thing, but Saint Paul actually is talking about the love of husband and wife. And do you remember the last line of that passage? It says, "For this is a great mystery, like the love that the, that the husband and wife share." And he says, "And uh, I apply it to Christ and His Church, like like husband and wife coming together, yeah. right? Being in this marriage and this relationship." is like the love that Christ has for the church. It's mm-hmm. really, it, so that right then and there, we know that it's uh, this beautiful um, relationship that these people, that, that husband and wives come together to share in mm-hmm. this love, to, to, to create, because the church is always creating, right? The church is yep. always putting forth new Christians, putting forth new disciples of Jesus. And so husbands and wives also share in the, in the mission of the church and in the love that Christ has for his church. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. When I th- when I think of that, yeah. well, there's a song that um, we used to sing, and it was it's um, I can't remember. Uh, but the the words are "Maker, make me; uh, Creator, change me; Lover, love me." And I always mm. at, at the beginning, before I was married and everything else, I always had a hard time with calling God my lover. You know what I mean? Because it almost felt like a weird, or oh man, maybe it was like not quite understanding what it meant and everything else. But being married now for seventeen years and realizing, like, as uh, that that relationship that you have with God, it's past a form of like when you're calling God your lover. It's the intimacy that I share with my wife. It's nothing sexual in nature necessarily, but it's it's a form of intimacy that surpasses sexuality and and just you know encompasses every part of my being. You know what I mean? So from like this is the person that I share everything with that I have my entire. Um, she knows all my thoughts. She knows all my you know all that kind of stuff. And so that's what you're saying with God. Be my lover is 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 share that intimacy. Nothing really necessarily with sex, but 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 with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And I think there is the answer to what we're trying to say here is that uh, you know there's there's a sacredness. Yeah, right. Yeah, it really sacredness. Is. So sex is sacred. It's it's beautiful. It's uh, you know the, the church promotes it, but it's sacred. Yeah. And I think there's the difference where people don't understand about what the church teaches about sex is that why you can't, you know, why the church frowns upon going and having sex with, you know, people that you're not committed to is because in the marriage relationship, you are giving everything to your partner. You are giving everything to your spouse. You know, that's what the Pope talks about in in the theology of the body. You know, that that the the husband gives everything to his wife and the wife gives everything to her husband and they share in this sacredness in the sex act, right? And they give that to each other as 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 a, as a promise to each other, sort of thing. That's you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, that the sacredness is is ruined. The sacredness is is diminished. Is non-existent when it's just shared outside of the context of committing to someone for the rest of your life. Well, it's just for yeah. pleasure. 
yeah. you've taken out that. Yeah. I, I think that's a good way of putting it because a lot of people encounter what, or, uh, what they think is the church's view of sexuality as a list of don'ts. Yes. Like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and you're fine. Yeah. Um, but it's when you actually jump into what the church actually teaches about that, like all of, all of the don'ts, all of the, you know, you can't do this follows from a positive version of like, this is actually, you know, uh, a wonderful and beautiful thing that it's like, um, that, you know, God created us for the pursuit of, you know, love and truth and beauty That's and right. goodness and all of these, all of these things yeah. in theology of the body. Um, uh, uh, JP2 uses the language of ecstasy. Yes. That he says, like, the ecstasy that we experience in the sexual act is actually a prefiguration, um, an anticipation, like the closest we can come in a worldly sense to the ecstasy that we'll have in heaven. And, like, again, it's one of those, like, if you hear that word out of the context of, you know, intimate. (laughs) It almost seems uh, weird. It seems weird. He's like, but he's like, no, this is is the highest um, we can reach. This is the most, like, intimate we can get. Yeah. And it's, you know... um, uh, just just uh, a comparison, just an analogy for the intimacy and the the beauty and the truth and the goodness that mm-hmm. you know awaits us in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are the what are the parts that are uh, what are the things that we we keep saying that there are there are reasons for sex or reasons for procreation and marriage and stuff. Yeah. We talk about procreation is the one, and then unity being the other. Yeah. So that's you jump back to. Uh, what what Father said, um, Humanae Vitae, which is uh, Pope Paul VI's encyclical, um, where he really emphasizes, he calls them the unitive and procreative aspects of of sexuality. So, um, you know, sex is for, you know, uh, cementing the bonds of intimacy between husband and wife. Um, uh, and there's, uh, again, when we do marriage prep, uh, we do it with my wife and she goes through this, like she goes through the science of like, yeah. How that actually like that that works There's on actual, a biological yeah. level that you know the release of oxytocin actually you know cements uh, like a concrete connection between people, which is uh, beautiful that the biology reflects the theology yeah. um, so well, and that the natural outcome of that um, is you know creating a physical like another person that is a combination like the embodiment of the intimacy between two people. Yeah. Um, so again, it's just there's there's a real um, connection between like the the theological and the biological, um, like at every level um, along the way. So um, those are the things that, you know, Paul, Paul the, Pope Paul VI emphasizes. Yeah. Um, and again, a, a lot of people will look at Humanae Vitae or like people who will <laughs> uh, not really like it because it, it, again, places kind of restrictions on, you know, this is only within marriage. This is this yeah. is how it's supposed to occur. Um, you know, more on that later when we start yeah. talking about NFP. And, I love yeah. when, uh, so Matt and his wife, uh, when they teach a marriage uh, or they right. do talks at yeah. these marriage preps, eh? they have this line that couples remember at, way after the marriage prep. And it's, it's they always say, sex is for babies and oh, yeah. bonding. <laughs> babies sex and bonding. is for babies and bonding. Yeah. yeah. And the, the couples remember that way after. And then they, they explain, like uh, Matt was just doing the this, you know. So, so the physical part, like you said, talking about the oxygen. Uh, right. Let's let's get into yeah. a little bit more oxytocin. Um, so there is there is hormones and chemicals released, especially when you're you're experiencing sex for the first couple of times, um, that allow that there's allows this chemical bond then between the individuals, right? Is that yeah? So that's that's kind of like a cool. That's why in the Catholic Church too, virginity is so sacred, mm-hmm. right? Is is because like when you have this connection with somebody, you want it to be for the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, right? And 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 
and because it's going to get you through hard times, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. versus having it with just some random stranger or whoever. And so having that cemented bond allows you to keep that sacrament of marriage. And, and part of that too is also then, then the babies like that are also part of that package deal can also have then parents have a father and a mother and, 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 and grow up in that lifestyle and that family unit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the same thing happens in the creative act. So there's a, uh, an immense flood of oxytocin uh, right after a baby's born and that cements the intimate bond between the mother and mother and the and, and that's why a lot child. of uh, uh, pediatricians will yeah. uh, um, encourage uh, men to do skin to skin with babies yeah. right after right they're away. born because yeah, it, yeah it cements a physical bond yeah. yeah that's cool and i think you know uh, i was just thinking as you guys were talking about that uh, you know the importance of the body to body mm-hmm. all that stuff like john paul ii in theology of the body talks about how part of the problem with understanding uh, sex is that there's a lack of respect for the human body mm-hmm. yeah right yeah like and and when you look at our bodies uh maybe nicer ones than mine or, you, <laughs> you <laughs> or know, mine or yours <laughs> uh you know like like the beauty that god's created them in and, yeah. and and what they're what they're made for and today Especially today, they're so you know people's bodies are so objectified and yeah. and, and you know taken for they're used for selfish reasons and all these different things. Uh, but respect of the human body, like the holiness, like we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and then and then to be able to share that with someone, you know, in a relationship, um, there's there's just a holiness to it, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's uh, I think that's a beautiful thing that maybe people don't understand either about mm-hmm. of what the church says about sex. Yeah, and even if, if we're jumping to theology of the body, like the structure of theology of the body yeah. is is brilliant in that in that way. Like uh, even before he was pope, um, uh, JP two his his um, uh, his education or his his formation as a priest, he uh, studied philosophy and yes. he looked um, specifically at uh, the phen- uh, phenomenology. Um, okay. Which is yeah, the word of the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> an aspect of um, uh, philosophy that is maybe kind of uh, set against or distinguished, with, uh, like against kind of metaphysics or like classical philosophy, where you start with these you know categories and concepts and definitions and work your way down to experience. Um, phenomenology is more you know you start with experience or you start with a lot of times like the the appearance, the uh, inescapable aspect of something. So it's really interesting that theology of the body is structured in a way that he starts with like we're embodied yeah like i am i'm in a body and i can't like i can't escape that reality and like we can we can learn things from that reality and that it's tied to kind of the sacramental life as well and it's like we we like the incarnation like god is embodied like when we participate (laughs) in the eucharist that it's like that that it's you know uh catholicism is a physical is an embodied uh, religion that it's not just a body bunch of spirit. kind of yeah body um, yeah just like metaphysical categories that like God is up here and remote and distant and yeah. whatever like no this is he- like faith is here and now and yeah. experienced and lived and embodied um, so that he takes that approach when he's talking about uh, sex I think is is just really interesting from you know my- yeah, yeah what would you say to you know like so we know the you know the scriptural uh, basis for sex we know the philosophical the theological we know those things we know the church says sex is is beautiful how do we communicate that to a culture today that doesn't see it that way that sees it as uh you know um 
expendable is that the word <laughs> yeah yeah i th- i think we'll i think we'll get more into this when we, when we talk a little bit about uh, the don'ts but how do like, we how do we how do we yeah. allow people to see the beauty so i i think i think emphasizing the unitive and procreative because yeah. it's like there there are real consequences to trying se- to trying to separate those out which is kind of the discussion that the secular culture wants to have that these are procreative and unitive are different things and they're not they're not related in you know an yeah. essential and irrelevant like um inextricable way um but uh yeah so i I think we have to defer some of that discussion but i I think um one of the practical ways that we can do it or do do it is actually having marriage prep for people who want to get married within the church because like again we have couples come to us and they're like why have i never heard this before yeah yeah that you know the the kind of message on sexuality outside the church is is very is very different i think also you look at examples so like we i've been diving deep into science and faith and stuff this last couple of weeks uh but one of the things we talk about with science is you you look for the physical evidence you look for evidence and then you you know extrapolate that ev- extrapolate that evidence and 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 grab um some some ideas from it and try to make some conclusions based on that and what i'm going to say is look at the people that are living that faith out and look at their relationship and look at how close they are and look at how much they love each other. Look at how, like if those people, I mean, you don't want to go up to and like, are you living out the cat? Like, are you, you know, but, <laughs> but for those people that seem to be maybe, or, or have a good relationship, I bet you could probably assume that they're following the teachings of the Catholic church that way. And if they're maybe having some problems or they're not communicating properly or anything else, maybe there's something, if, if there's a couple that's not communicating properly or not, I'm going to suggest you look at what the church teaches on this and maybe what you're doing and, and, and is it in line with what the Catholic Church is teaching? And, and how are you giving of yourselves fully to each other? Because if you're holding back on life, and we're going to talk about that in the don'ts, I mean, we're going to keep falling back into that. But if you're, if you're holding back on life, and you're hold, or you're holding back on either the unity or the, or the uh, babies or the bonding, um, then you're not giving fully to each other, right? And so, that's, and so then there's, there is going to be a disconnect there, and maybe there, that will melt into other parts of your life and your, and your relationship. And so we'll have to talk about that when we talk about the don'ts. Yeah. yeah, and 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 but you know, people would say that maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the reason we don't talk about the beauty of sex yeah. is because people think that uh, maybe there's not a proper place to talk about sex. You know, how would we integrate like? Other than you know, we offering theology of the body courses yeah. for young people uh, or uh, people outside of marriage, or you know, uh, what are some ways that we could communicate this to people that would be useful for them? I think having a proper place and time. I mean, for instance, you don't like we, we do. We don't want to have topic uh, conversations about sex necessarily you know in a kindergarten class yeah. or you know what i mean like you don't want to you want there's a proper place or a proper age or a proper time and and people that are you know contributing to that conversation or should be learning about that at that time right yeah, yeah. Or, or, so, or with just anyone you yeah know, it, just anyone, it is yeah. an intimate topic i'm not gonna right. approach someone at the grocery store and i, I yes. yeah. yeah we've had that conversation with couples in our living room other and, couples yeah. coming in and talking with me and my wife about certain things or whatever else and so those are great times or like at a church basement when you have experts like Matt, his wife and stuff, talking on theology, I mean, sorry, uh, NFP, or talking about those kind of things in marriage prep. Maybe what we should do is look at the church having things like three times a year or once a year or a couple times a year is just opening up to have a topic, talk about sex at the church level in the hall or whatever else where we can have an open discussion. You're not going to bring your kids to this topic, you know, but you're going to be able to openly talk about it. In my family, it's kind of funny. We laugh and talk about it, but it is like I grew up with my six sisters and my two brothers, 
and my parents taught NFP and 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 sex was a very open topic at my house. Uh, it was very fr- free flowing, and we talk about what the church taught about it and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was never awkward for us to teach. And so I think for me and most of my siblings were very comfortable talking about it because of that, you know. But we realized that it was an awesome gift from God. Like if someone gave you a new bike, you kind of want to talk about how awesome it is to have a bike. You know what I mean? Although you kind of it's it, it's <laughs> a, you got to know the context and how you know. But uh, so when you have that awesome gift of sex, you want to be able to talk about what the church teaches and how awesome it is and so that everybody can have a bike, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's their calling. Yeah. And, and, and maybe adding to that, too, like the, the value of having like a, a solid men's group or a women's group that yeah, you can like great, great idea. Can, can have those conversations that, you know, they're not had in an awkward way. Everyone owns a bike. Like, you can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can talk about and, it. And, you know, I think that these, I think those are great. And I think because maybe on the outside, like from the culture, sex sort of has this, uh, you know, uh, dirty sort of yeah. uh, feel like, oh, like, you know, it's it's tied in with pornography. and uh, It's become and a lot more selfish. It's, and, exactly. And, and so it, when it becomes selfish, it's, it's, it's me, me, me. And then like if you're talking about two people, I don't care about you. It's just about me. Right. Yeah. And so then, so then it becomes selfish and you feel guilty. Exactly. And right? that, maybe that's why people don't want to talk about it. But yeah. I think you're right that we, as Catholics, maybe godparents with their godchildren, maybe uh, parents with their children, you know, people who know the teachings of the church, uh, the parishes should do a better job of teaching about this, you know, men's group, women's group. I think it's really important to, to crack open some of these resources we have. Making sure our teachers know about it and know what the proper teaching of the church is. Because if you know it and you know it, what the church actually teaches, I don't think you need to be shy because it's actually in the curriculum of what you're supposed to teach. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like in the Catholic schools, it's in the curriculum. So you know, you, if you know it, the problem is a lot of times we shy away from it. And maybe that was like even in the older days, I'm going to say in the other generations, maybe they didn't quite understand it, right? And so because they didn't quite understand it, it was a, okay, don't, don't talk about it. You know, it's a little bit, you know, like, ah, kind of, and trying to hush it down. Whereas in if, if the, if the, maybe the parents or the, or the community, I guess at large was more open in talking about what the church, how awesome a gift it is and what the church teaches about it then I don't think people would be shy or feel guilty or be upset with teaching it. Of course, if you take something too far, I mean, like you eat too much food, you're going to feel sick after and you're going to feel like maybe I shouldn't have eaten that much and be embarrassed to talk about that, right? But that's that's the same kind of idea. And that's kind of the culture that we're promoting in this world today, not in our faith, but in the, in the world is almost you want to have too much food <laughs> you know like 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 it's it's okay it's a good thing and and th- no one feels right about that yeah it's it's hard to find kind of that cross section of people who you know are willing to admit that like our di- desires at some level are god given and good yeah. but also that there's you know, like we have a lot of people who <laughs> like yeah. think that sexual desire is good it's like but you don't necessarily have the same group of people saying that um you know th- these desires are properly ordered towards a higher good. good yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's where we uh, call it a day on this conversation because uh, we're getting close to the end of our time together. Yeah. So we are going to, uh, it was kind of difficult to talk about uh, the dues. The dues. Yeah, all the or great the, do things. the good things <laughs> yeah. without sort of delving into the, the, no, the, the difficulties around this. So our next episode, we are going to talk about uh, what the church uh, sees as not acceptable or around, not around. 
for the higher good or the higher purpose that Matt was just talking about, right? Yeah. And so we're going to tackle all those uh, sex topics that come up uh, with uh, sort of the negative side mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. All right. So if anyone has any uh, questions, comments, or things to share with us, Uh, On this topic, you can send us an email at thecatholicbuzzpodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on our Facebook or Instagram uh, pages or write in our YouTube video. Uh, So we'll see you next time for our part two on sex. Uh, For Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Tignelli. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. (laughs) 